Hey, y'all. Welcome back. This is episode one, season two. Holy crap. We've made it a full year. Uh, hopefully, you guys listened to last week's long episode of me leaving and Kevin and Andrew giving me crap for my little picture that popped up on the screen while I was gone. Um, but this week, to start it's a very off, funny photo. I love yes, it. I'm it sorry. is a funny photo. It was hysterical. You guys are jerks. Um, to start off this new season, we are bringing back a one a former classmate of ours and one of our good friends, Howard Ticker. Howard, say hi to everybody. What's up, everyone? And it's a pleasure to be on a premiere. Premiere yeah. episode of season yeah. two. Yeah, season go. premiere. Yeah, buddy. This... spoken to me, so <laughs> so that. Awesome. A little backstory, everyone. Howard went to West Virginia with Kevin and I. I believe Howard and Kevin graduated in 2012. I graduated the year after them. Um, Howard and I used to work together, gosh, years ago um, for the same organization. Um, we've been friends since, and we bumped into him two months ago and then found out that Howard stayed up a little late <laughs> after that game. <laughs> had, yeah, we had a little fun. We went back to the hotel room, dude, and we were all so upset and so mad that we just passed out. Like, it was that kind of game. I would have thought the entire stadium, all 70,000 of those people would have went straight to that casino, and it looked like it. It felt like it, that's for sure. So, dude. Uh, But it was a good time. Dude, there, there was a – when we left, Leland w- sat somewhere else between, besides where Kevin and I and Andrew were. I kid you not, if you walk down the river and up over the bridge, there was thousands of people going that way. A majority of them were going to the hotel we were staying at. It was crazy. Yeah. Awesome game. Awesome game. I'm bummed I couldn't see Leland. I called him at one point. He said he was already in the stadium. It was like right after I met up with you guys, so – yeah. But uh, he and I have a tradition, actually. Every single West Virginia game, we'll buy around and we'll just trade off. So I don't remember whose turn it is. I couldn't tell you, but because it's been so long since COVID. But I, I miss that dude. He's he's an awesome guy. He's always got a great great tailgate as well going on. So yeah, it was a good tailgate. Yeah. Hopefully uh, next year you'll be there uh, for the backyard brawl 2.0 in Morgantown. That's the plan. That is the plan. I gotta get to some road games as well um we'll see like what that shakes out to be but i'm pumped for uh houston and cincy to come in too uh, those are two opponents i'd like to see either on the road or or at home Cincy uh, would be fun their stadium's just kind of odd i've been there that Is might it? be a one yeah yeah that might be one that would be cool to watch in morgantown but i mean to go to houston you know against you know with with dana there that'd be pretty pretty sweet but the homecoming also would be interesting as well so we'll see if dana's still there after this year also fair who knows yeah who knows uh oh oh, shoot i literally forgot to take out something on the sheet and i almost said the producer's here with us too but he's not he's off doing college stuff tonight (laughs) all right um so here's the start of the weekly sports update and this is more of a conversation and open question to everybody it is week we're going into what week six of the nfl season correct the denver broncos are one and four or two and three russell wilson can't see an open receiver past you know his o-line is he honestly this bad 
or did like Seattle like literally make him just look that good? Like what is going on? And I'm gonna open this up to the discussion between everybody. So have at it. All right. I I was gonna say I I think it might be head coaching more so than than anything right now. He also definitely is afraid to run. I don't know what happened uh, to that. That was what made him so good. I thought is is using his legs. I don't know if it's getting older or or whatnot, but um, I'm off, I'm not completely off the Russell Wilson train, but it's it it ain't looking pretty, especially with how many how much more money he's making over. I don't know how many years it is, but we'll. We will see. We will definitely see where that where that thing goes. So, but it ain't looking good for their head coach right now. That's for sure. Nathaniel Hackett, I think, is his name, right? The guy from the yeah. Packers. Yeah, is he? It's his what first year or second year? First year, yeah. First year, first yeah. Year. What do you think, Kevin? Um, so they're two and three right now. I just was looking for their standings, but I definitely think I'm with Howard. I'm not completely sold that. You know, he's a terrible quarterback. I think just right now, he is, for whatever reason, hesitant to be the Russell Wilson of old in Seattle. And I don't, whether it's that's the coaching decision, whether that's his decision, I am just curious to see how this shakes out because, let's be real, the last game that the Broncos played, that was on him that they lost. That horrible... Thursday night game, like, I honestly, whoever has Amazon Prime, they should all have a free subscription after that game because of how terrible that was. If you watched the whole thing. I didn't watch any of it and saw the highlights, and all the highlights they showed was fans leaving the stadium with 10 minutes left in the game. Yeah, it's rough. I mean, I you know what? I tried to tune in because I have Russell Wilson on my fantasy team along with Cortland Sutton, and I would continuously see. If you guys have ESPN for your fantasy updates, oh, Russell Wilson's in the end zone. Russell Wilson in the end zone. I'm like, all right, cool. So he is going to do something. And then he does nothing. So, oh, I just, I hope he can figure it out. But definitely know last game was on him and he's got to show something different. But I kept hearing he's like questionable for like his shoulder. Yeah, I don't know if that's true or not, but. They said he has a shoulder injury he got during the Raiders game, and that's why he's been so off. But that doesn't explain the first three weeks that ex- or first four weeks, whatever it is. So, I don't know. That's it's been pretty bad. But Gino has looked pretty damn good up in Seattle. That kid, uh, they might be they might be two and three, but Gino is slinging it like he is back in West Virginia with Tavon and Stedman, which I love to see. Yeah, he's been launching it, and yeah, Seattle's defense is like Swiss cheese right now because they can't stop anybody, but shout out to Gino for at least making it look competitive. You know, he's getting the ball to the right people, and, you know, shout out to Pete Carroll for, Carroll for believing in them. Uh, he's definitely, I mean, it's crazy he's still in the league. He's hung around, and, and he got his moment, which is kudos to him for that that's that's big time but yeah he is looking like how he was at west virginia which was great and uh i see that jeff's jersey from kevin it just gets me upset that it didn't work out for us uh when we drafted him whenever that was but good on him clearly something's working and it clicked and he can sit back and learn for a couple of years and take 
take advantage of the app because they got weapons. You know, Seahawks yeah. definitely have some weapons at wide receivers, so I don't know what their line situation is, but um, they're making some noise, so hopefully they can sustain that throughout, throughout the year for sure. But hey, to your initial point, the system, it could be the system for all we know. If Russell Wilson does completely fall off, maybe maybe that's more of Pete Carroll's system than anyone else, anything else, but we'll see how it goes. Still early, though. Yeah, still we still got, what, 12 more games to go, so... We'll see at the end of the year where they rank, but I, I think I'll give Seattle the nod. That that division, everyone's what three and two, two and three right now. It's up up in the air, and if Seattle can figure out that defense and figure out a secondary running back, I'd say put them. Oh, so yeah, right now that NFC West, you have uh, San Francisco 49ers. They're three and two. The Rams, Cardinals, and Seahawks all two and three. And the Rams have one of the worst point differentials too. They're negative like thirty six points. They their blow their losses are bad. They're unwatchable, man. I've watched two of their games and it's just no offense. The NFL this year is probably one of the worst years I've watched. There's been good games and then there's been really bad games. Like Kevin, you mentioned last week's Thursday night game. This week's Thursday night game is the Bears and the Commanders. Still weird to say that name. Um, I want to call them the other one, but I won't say it on the show. Um, neither team can throw the ball. It's just going to be horrible to watch. So I'll watch the West Virginia game. And get, hopefully there won't be a blowout, which is fine. Yeah, I think a lot of it's the fact that the preseason's now non-existent, where none of these dudes play, like, any snaps. And, like, week one is just, like, their first real game of having actual, comp like, contact. Because week one was sloppy across the board, you know? So, I think that's part of it. And maybe it's, like, more of, like, rest management becoming a thing, which a lot of people have been speculating with the seasons extending, that, like, people are just going to start, like, not playing their best players during certain games if you play a team that you know is, like, a win so i feel like we're gonna we're getting to that point in the nfl for sure where it's like there is going to be some games where teams just mail it in and think that they can take care of business against like a not so good team i'm not going to throw any teams under the bus but we all know the usual suspects the jets my jets being one of them typically where you can be like all right let's bench some players and you know <laughs> well your, your jets are better than my patriots right now so you just brought an interesting question. I know this is not on the agenda, but, you know, how this is how we work. Um, do you guys feel that the preseason should have stayed at four games, or are you happy with the three? What are your thoughts on that? Because you brought up an interesting point there. I, I wish there was four still because your first, what, real – your first game is the starters get a series, maybe two. The second game – they play the first quarter, maybe, maybe half that quarter, whatever it is, depending on the coaching style. Your third game is what they always called as the dress-up game. Yep. You're playing the whole first half, and then you're going to sit the second half. And then the fourth game, you don't play. That's really where that's the final roster cuts. I think you lose that whole evaluation, and now the coaching staff has to figure out, well, shit. We've got to have our starters play somewhere, but we have to see all these rookies play and all these new guys come in. It's tough. I Everyone should play that first weekend when they have um, 
the Hall of Fame game, everyone should play that same weekend and not have it a, a, a 10 days apart. So that's my thought. Howard? Yeah, I'm with you. But if, if that also means I think we should go back down to 16 games, like I, that was a direct correlation to adding a game. And uh, that's why I always like football so much more than any of the other sports. Less is more. Like we all, I get it, more games is awesome. But like in this case, if it starts hurting the sport and we're already, I think, seeing that in a way where more injuries and, and all that type of thing or more rest and, and those types of consequences, like we should keep it at 16. So I, I that was a direct correlation, I think, and that was why they did that. But um, yeah, I hope, I know they're already talking about going to 18 games now. And I'm just like, what are we doing? Like, you know, so, um, but, but yeah, I agree with you. I think the four made a lot of sense with, if it means we go back down to 16 though. So Kevin, what are yeah, your thoughts? I think- uh, so for me, I'm looking at it from someone that works in the stadium. So those extra preseason games, to be truthfully told, it makes no money for the NFL teams to be open because nobody wants, depending on who it is. So I work at MetLife. Depending on who is that final game, it's normally on like a Thursday night in the middle of August. Nobody's going to go to those because, number one, all of the fans know they're not seeing any of the stars play. It is it, it's technically a waste of money, which I understand why they turn that third, fourth preseason game to a regular season game to make to be a money gouger in a sense to make up for some making some losing some of that money. But definitely, I'm on board if it's supposed to be four, and you keep it at sixteen. Uh, just because I also think I don't think. Safety shouldn't be going any further than like the fir- the first week of September, January. In some of the places you're 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 talking, it's just way too cold. You have the higher risk of losing that game anyway because of possible snow out or whatever. Um, because like think about place like MetLife Stadium or anybody on the Northeast, those places don't have domes, so. Yes, that's the quote unquote competitive advantage. But now, what happens if you're if it snows too much and you can't have that game? Now you've lost the game. And what if you know, especially with the year that both New York teams are having, I'm just using them as an example. And maybe they need that one game to play because they needed to possibly qualify for the playoffs. Then it snows out. What do you do if you're the NFL? Now you've just lost the game. But you're just gonna randomly throw that game into like a a random stadium, it's not gonna work. But I definitely there's gonna be there's there's the pros and then there's the cons. So I definitely feel like there is a way to balance it out. This I, is this the first or second year of the three three season? Second year. All right. So I'd say maybe two more years of checking how this is looking like. If they keep noticing people are keep getting injured, then maybe they have something different in the next collective bargaining agreement. But I'm with you guys. I love the 16. The 16 was great because it was like cut and dry. Here's who's in, here's who's out. It's not this 17 game season where you're like who's in, who's out? You have no idea until literally the last week of the season. Like, Yeah. I mean, we don't want 9 and 8 teams in the playoffs, you know? Like, even the 9 and 7 looked, looked ugly, you know? Like, it's, I definitely am a big fan of the less is more aspect in the NFL. So, and player safety too. Like, 
is massive. I'm not just saying that because the industry I'm in, like, you know, again, we want the best players and the best games down the stretch, right? And, like, if you get it playing a meaningless snow game, like you said, Kevin, and someone trips up and, you know, turns an ankle and they miss the playoffs, like, that's going to hurt the ratings as well. But I know all that stuff's based, you know, they're all those decisions they're making really based off money, like you said. So we'll see. Yeah, we will. Um, Talking about NFL here. Matt Rule is no longer the Carolina Panthers head coach. He was like, go, I think Monday was his final day. I would love his job and love a fired NFL head coach's job because they get paid a lot of money to go sit at home. He's getting paid $834,000 a month for the next, I think it was two years or something, to do nothing. I, I, him. I'll, I'll take that. <laughs> I'll take that all day. <laughs> That's awesome. You give me $850,000 today, you'll never see me again. I'll, I'll <laughs> live off that. Like, <laughs> just, I'll give that to me one time. I'm good. I'll go to some island and I'll be all right. That's all. That's we'll it. never That's hear from Howard Sicker ever again. Yeah. <laughs> just like he never existed. But it's the funny part is, is like, so they make the change, right? Probably a good decision. For Carolina, it was probably a, a bad hire, just hiring decision to bring somebody that came from. No offense, Temple's not a good football program. Went to Baylor, turned Baylor around, revamped Baylor, and left on a high. Instead of showing that he could stay consistent, showing he could stay consistent is probably what should bring you to the NFL. But we saw Chip Kelly do it, and it didn't succeed. Now the rumor is, and what all the West Virginia fans are saying, how about we bring Matt Rule in? To West Virginia. I want to get your thoughts on this because I'm not on board with bringing him in as our next head coach because I still think Neil Brown won't be our head coach after this year. But I don't believe that he, Matt Rule, is the solution. No, he's not the solution because if anybody remembers Baylor, literally the minute he skedaddled, all of those crazy sanctions happened from Baylor. So I don't know if he would be a great fit here. Definitely. And I'm sure we'll go into this tangent about WVU and the coaching and whatever at some point. But I don't think we should have any part of him. Let him live his good life for a little bit. Maybe he jumps on somewhere else as a coordinator back at a college and goes to, like, another school. But I, in my personal opinion, want no part of him. What do you think, Howard? Yeah, I don't know a whole lot about his about him I, from all, all all i've ever heard from people um i actually knew someone that played for him at temple he's a big culture builder guy so i do think it would make sense for him to go to either a team or a college where you know they're picking up a program kind of from scratch and rebuilding it and you got to give them three to four years i think yeah to the point you met, mentioned earlier about the nfl too that's just a different beast and that you don't have three to four years to build something yep. anymore it's it's such a short leash in the NFL. So uh, they gave him a seven-year contract, too, which is unheard of as well. Yeah, you normally see coach contracts four or five years to start. So, um, yeah, I've only heard good things, and I'm sure he'll find something pretty quickly, uh, at least in college as well. But that sounds like that's his niche for sure, coming there and build up a program here three, four years and, and see where it goes. So. Um, but I'm still a Neil Brown guy. I'm not giving up on him yet. I'm, I know I'm probably one of the last people standing in that regard. At no, 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 Howard. Kevin's still on board. I have been with you 
on this because I look at it this way. So number one, I need. I would like this before I whatever I say before anybody flames me, but you know I definitely I need to see something this Thursday. There's got to be some sort of fire lit under them. It's a Thursday night game again. I don't remember the last time we've had this many Thursday night games ever. Probably since all of us, all of us were in school. So, I still don't remember this many Thursday night games when we were in school. I think maybe there was one every year. Yeah, you might be right about that, Merritt. I think so. Like one. Yeah, we always had the SC. We always. I remember we had like Auburn on an SC, like on a Thursday one time. And uh, yes. was LSU a Thursday night game? I almost no. LSU was Saturday. Was it Saturday? Okay, I can't remember. Well, it's no, been no, actually, I lied. So Saturday in Morgantown when we were senior, when me and Howard were seniors. That was I was I was a, a senior. Saturday night. I was just a super senior super the next senior. year. Super senior. All I right, took a I took a lippery lap. Keep forgetting. L- victory lap rather. So we they we had LSU Saturday, and I believe we had LSU when they were in LSU on like a Friday. That was a horrible game. I remember yeah, watching that one. Yeah, because it rained like terribly. That was also the the stupid snap to Gino, even though he wasn't behind center. Ooh. Wow, you remember all that? Like that? Yeah, shut up that, your memory. That I remember that play, like watching it going, what? How? How did we just do that? How did we snap the ball without a quarterback under? Okay, great. This is gonna be how the game goes, and it was a bad game. Um, yeah, yeah. But like I was saying, I think like so. I brought up the point a couple weeks back, Howard. So. Everyone is completely blowing up, like, the secondary, how, like, they're horrible, they're terrible, it's the worst. And I remember they're saying that it's almost just as bad as that 2012 year when we first were in the Big 12. And that was, that year consisted of guys like K.J. Dillon, Carl Joseph, Terrell Chestnut. Uh, You had Rasul Douglas later on in that backfield. But those guys, yes, it was horrible the first year. But if those guys are staying like those guys did, that back half, that secondary was probably the best secondary we've ever had in the last decade. Yep. So I am hopeful in se- in the sense of guys like the Andrew Wilson Lamps, the, the Corey Spells, those younger guys that they have, if they can continue to develop, we'll be able to compete and they'll be able to hang in that backfield. It's just a matter of us playing them and getting them the right positions and, and for them to succeed. Um, yeah. I know we put in a lot of our recruiting into that secondary with the guy from uh, Colorado State, Ajayi, uh, the guy from junior college. I think there was another guy from like James Madison that we got. But, you know, some of them are only going to be here for one year, and I don't just don't think that they have like panned out. I almost compare them almost to the sense of, uh, not this current crop, but the last year's crop of like recruits that West Virginia basketball has, where they, I just don't think they're used to the level of competition to play against. Yep. So if they can figure that out, I think we're going to be all right because the JT Daniels is amazing. I think our offensive line is probably amazing. is one of the strongest I've seen in the last five years. Uh, the receivers just need to catch the ball. Well, instead of those drops, 
But I think, you know, we can compete. And if you look at, take away the Texas game, we were right in there with Pittsburgh. Kansas. Don't talk about that game. Reason, Don't talk about that one. For some reason, we couldn't stop the triple option. Mm. We technically could have had, we could have be, we could be on the other side of this and be like three and two. Couple we, bounces away, yeah. We could oh, yeah. be four and one, really. Yeah. Yeah. Um, my biggest reason on Brown, I mean, keep in mind when Dana left, weird time as well after the recruiting cycle. So we hired a coach at well after all those processes. I didn't talk to one West Virginia fan that thought we were going to win more than three games, Neil Brown's first year, with how little he had left with the team. And he overexceeded expectations year one. And then COVID hits, which everything yeah. shoot. No fan base, you know, no fans coming out to games, games being canceled left and right. You don't know who's going to play because contract tracing, all that, that stuff. And then. And then all of a sudden we get back from COVID, and then now there's NIL, where all of our best players are getting scooped up by Miamis and whatnot. So going back to stressing patience, you know, we definitely I, – I think he's earned the right to get at least another year or two to just kind of see where Daniels can take us, those other two kids that he's recruited at quarterback as well. And, and yeah, we'll see how that goes. But, no, I'm, I'm still – and I'm a, I'm a weird – fan when it comes to sports like I, I like watch press conferences of coaches I feel like you can learn pretty quickly if they're good or not and, thank you because I do the same thing yeah. I do I listen to Neil Brown's press conference every year yep. every after every loss or win I watch the one on Tuesdays and for me I think his attitude is that he's 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 saying the right things yep. in my opinion he's he's owning the losses that we've gotten and, you know, when it comes down to it, he's he's speaking to what we need. Like, he knows that the fan base is angry. He, fe- yep. he I'm sure he feels it. Um, so oh, he, he definitely feels it. Yeah, so I, I just think, and Howard, you made that great point. You know, year one, he was left with nothing. Nothing. Literally nothing. And we, I think that year, did they win a bowl game that year? I think they were six and five or seven and six or whatever it was. Yeah, then they won. They, I think they did win the bowl game. It was either they lost, they won their last regular season game, and then the next year they won a bowl game or something like that. But you know, I, I think I, I'm, I am trying to be as optimistic of a fan as there can be. Uh, I don't think we need to be shelling out sixteen million like right away to get a new person because again, um, and I and I want listen to. I don't know if you do, Howard. I listen to like some of like the twenty four seven sports podcasts, like Country Roads Confidential, and they talk about this is a very precarious position that West Virginia has been in because we've never really had a true coaching search before. So when Dana left us a couple years back, Neil Brown was hired within the next week, three to four days after. Yeah. Um. When Rich Rod left us they let they put bill stewart right in and then before rich rod it was i forgot who was before rich rod forgive me but he was an easy slot in after that so we've never really had like a true coaching search like this before at least in our lifetime so it's just definitely it's not a position we really want to be in uh 
So I'm trying to, unless we really just give up the end of this season, I am trying to be as optimistic as possible with our team. Yeah. And take it from there. If we let, if we did, if there was a change, which again, I don't want there to be, who would you guys ideally want? Like who would be at the top of your list? I, one name I think I would be high on uh, would be Tony Gibson from at NC State. Bring him back, a disciplined defensive coordinator type of guy that's a West Virginia guy through and through, did what, two different coaching stints. Yeah. yeah. Ideally, I think head coaching experience should probably be the top of what we'd be looking for on a resume, though. Like, you want Agreed. a five. I don't think we I, – I, I would like someone with Power 5 experience, but Gibson would be an interesting name to me. But, again. Merritt, didn't you have, like, a whole, like, yeah. list of people a couple there weeks was. back? But there was, but I, I was on my phone, and that's – I don't think I have it anymore. Merritt's on the other sheet, and I don't feel like digging through the other sheet because that's yeah. pretty long. So, a couple of the ones I remember, so they talked about, oh, you know, the, the guy, guy from Appalachian State. He's a Charleston native. Uh, so it's a it's a fun name to hear, but at the same time, I just don't. That's that's technically, in my opinion, another Neil Brown because he doesn't have the Power Five experience. Jimbo um, Fisher was another name. I heard about Jimbo Fisher. He's a West Virginia guy. Yep. I just don't think that he's ready to leave the SEC just yet. I think he likes it over there. Um. That might not be up to him because his team has been underperforming and having a very, very good recruiting class year over year and underperforming. Not a good look in Aggie land. Yeah, and, you know, with all the money they, you know, as Saban might have said, possibly. Given out, yeah. <laughs> given out money for recruits. But with that, I, I as, as fun as that name sounds, yes, West Virginia guy, I just don't. I don't see that as something that I would be super, super excited to be about. I think, like, the older generation might be. But, yes, Jimbo Fisher is great. I just think he's not the name that I would want us to gravitate towards. Uh, like, Tony Gibson is a great name that I powered, that you said, uh, with his experience. And the last time our defense was really good was when he was here. Um, but at the same time, you know, a head coach is a whole nother story. Right. And, you know, like, Neil Brown realized it year three. Like, he can't be the same guy where he was at Troy calling the plays and being head coach. Head coach for, you know, Division One Power Five, you know, you're more of like the CEO of everything. Yep. Yeah, and that's what he realized this year was that he had to take that step back. So that's why they hired their new offensive coordinator. And another name I've heard people want. Yeah, yes. but he hasn't proven anything yet. Like, yeah, fair. That's like, also fair. I think he's but I also offensive think he, mind, which is yeah. amazing. His, his offensive mindset is amazing, and he's had two of the best high school recruits come to USC, and we watched both of them light it up during the pit game against each other, and I, I'd love to see what he does, but not yet. I don't want another Bill Stewart, Dana Holgerson situation where – you know, you just put your new head coach in waiting and then just fire the other one, you know, right before the season starts like that. We don't need that type of thing to happen again. Um, I'll give it this. Like if Neil can win minimum five games this year, somehow can pull off wins. 
then I say his seat gets a little less hot. But if he comes in the next year and it's the same thing where it's, you know, bad outcomes, not winning games you should, not playing as, you know, aggressively. You know, they, they had a couple of plays like later on this season where it was like fourth and one and we're going for it. And I'm going, it was fourth and this many inches against Pitt and we didn't go for it. But we're going for it in this game. I think if he can turn those decisions around and maybe excel next year, all right, I'll keep him around a little bit longer. But I think his, his leash, like Howard said, at NFL, you have a short leash. I think his leash has gotten a much shorter than what it was last year. I'll say this. He goes for it on fourth and one against Pitt. We're not even having this conversation right now. Heck no. Oh, yeah. We win oh, that. yeah. I agree. We we're, we would be talking about something completely different if he went for it on fourth and one in that game. Uh, honestly, that still hurts because of the fact that we were, we were all there yeah. and had to witness that in person. Yeah. Ugh. All of us just every West Virginia fan collectively going, why didn't you get it? Give it to the new kid, number twelve. Just he's been running through this defensive line. Like let him have it. And that's the one player that. Yes, we need a you know quarterback and everything, but we haven't had a like super strong running back. Like let Letty was a ma- a very good running back. We haven't had this type of running back in a long time. That's just a powerhouse. He's that will he's so good. He's run. so big. I don't think we've ever had anybody bigger than six feet be our running back in our time. Can, no. we, can any of you guys think of anybody? Everyone was small. Everyone was short. Like they were under I think the, six foot. I think the biggest I remember we've had is probably what, either five eleven, or six feet. Don Don Alston was big, but he wasn't big, tall, big. He was just he was just big. Yes. <laughs> he was he was that he was the uh, runaway beer truck 2.0. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> I loved watching him play. Um, yeah. Let's keep going here. Um, Nike signed NIL deals to Bronny James. What a coincidence there. Um, I can't remember Don't the girl. Don't forget from... the other four. I actually I know. have them up. Do you have their names? Can you? Because it's two high school students and then two women's um, basketball players. Yeah. So you have Bronny James from Sierra Canyon, Caitlin Clark from the University of Iowa, who is probably going to be the top pick in the WNBA draft whenever she's available. She is literally a bucket. Uh, DJ Wagner from Camden High School. Haley Jones from uh, Stanford University, and Juju Watkins from Sierra Canyon High School as well. So, very interesting to see uh, the NI deals happen. I think I'm looking at the common theme from all four of these. Sierra Canyon is a Nike-sponsored school with the same thing as University of Iowa and Stanford. So, that's pretty exciting to see them... Uh, showing some love and giving some nil deals. I I don't I couldn't. There wasn't any specifics on what these uh deals entailed, but that's really cool. I'm excited for them. I think you know we all kind of knew that first name, Ronnie James. I could. Can you imagine him being in something else other than Nike? I just don't think he might 
get disowned from his family if he would ever do that. I'm pretty sure when he was like when he was going on college visits, he's only going to Nike schools. He's not going to Adidas or Under Armour schools to look at universities for basketball. No yeah, point. <laughs> and, and notice, and I guess they only gave five, so I guess they want to keep it small mm-hmm. right now. Um, but which I think is probably smart on their end. But I think it's a great crop. Um, I don't know too much about the ones that are in high school. Camden High School, if that's in that from Camden, New Jersey High School, go to New Jersey. But um, I do know Kaylin Clark, pure bucket, absolutely killer from the from behind the arc. Uh, she's the one that always keeps Iowa for the last couple of years like tournament relevant and keeps them going to at least you know Sweet Sixteen, Elite Eights every year. And I don't know too much about Haley Jones, unfortunately. I'm sorry, but you know, I I Stanford has always been their powerhouse where, women's basketball yep. program. Yeah, hundred percent. I think these are great deals. It keeps Ronnie. It, it keeps the James name with Nike. Um, I'm sure his next son will get an NIL deal when he's old enough. Because yeah, I think you have to be 18 at like a specific age range for it to get the deals. I don't think you can go any lower than 18. So I'm not. I'm not sure. I think you might be right on that. Kind of be weird to pay a, a 14 year old like millions and millions of dollars to wear sneakers and endorse something that might be a little, a little bit of an NCAA violation there, but we don't know. Um, and then the biggest news that came out right before we jumped on this is Draymond Green is back with the Warriors, so he has returned to the team after taking probably three or four days off after the whole Jordan Poole incident, which I think we've all seen at this point. I, I wish I had there was the audio with that so we know exactly what was being said between the two of them and Jordan Poole fell down real quick he went he just crumbled it it was bad like holy crap well I, well let's be real for a second i think these fights probably always happen in in an nba practice i think just the fact that literally some idiot decided to lose his job and good goes ahead and I guess maybe was bored and film what happened. That's why I think made this whole thing such a fiasco. Yes, that fu- that fist that he threw at Jordan Poole pretty scary, but you know you, these things up and you saw a lot of the feedback from NBA players. These things happen a lot more than people realize. Mm-hmm. Smart just gets unfo- into it super- all the time. Yeah, it's just unfortunate that somebody thought it'd be cute to put a camera to it and display it to the media for whatever reason. Um, I'm happy that they hammered everything out. You know, Draymond realized what he did at the time was foolish. But at the same time, you know, I think one of the things you have to realize is some of this type of shit happens. And... It's just it's yes, it's unfortunate, but some of those matters is they got to keep them behind door. Got got to keep them behind door. Yeah, yeah. I definitely. I mean, I've seen it playing basketball growing up and whatnot too. I can't imagine. Yeah, with a lot more on the line, how heated things can get. You know. So, uh, to your point, Kevin. Yeah, it, I think it's you know again 
if it wasn't also Draymond Green, where a lot of people typically like to trash all the time and hate on, I mean, he knows his role. He knows what he does. He's better than anyone, I think, in the NBA in terms of he's the instigator, and he's really, really good at it and can obviously defend incredibly well and do a lot of great things for them. So I think that's part of the reason why it's a lot bigger than it is as well, is that the name Draymond Green was attached to the story uh, as well. But I didn't see he wasn't getting suspended for it. That I bet that's probably because the first game of the season they're all getting championship rings and they want him there for it. That's that's my logical thought on the process. But uh, yeah, tough scene that it got out and to the point of it getting out. We don't even know if that's been clipped at all. Too like if it just was him randomly punching or was there an actual did he get in his Draymond's face at some point? We actually have no idea. This whole thing could have been clipped by some dude. That was or or girl that was recording it at practice and putting out whatever story that they wanted. So yeah, that's um, true. I I hundred percent agree with Howard though. Is like if this wasn't Draymond Green, say this was like Peyton Pritchard from the Celtics getting into a fight with somebody on the team, no bad an eye, no one would say a word. But because it's Draymond, yep. it's going to blow up. It's like if Shaq and Kobe like during a practice decided to kill each other. It would blow up Jordan doing it. Like it's that bigger name persona. And especially with like Howard said, Draymond's the instigator. He's that's his role. That's his job. So I think that's why this thing. He gets clicks. Oh yeah. His podcast is pretty funny too. He's, he's, he's good. Except for when it's in the NBA finals. And I just don't appreciate that one. (laughs) <laughs> that much <laughs> um we can all agree though don't punch people in the face for those watching yeah. at home but yes, everyone listening please. don't get into fights over anything it's stupid he's you know you could be like Devonte adams right now getting a you know served a misdemeanor assault charge for pushing a cameraman that you know granted that looked horrible that was a bad look for Devonte after the game the other night just shoving the kid out of the way. That but, actually happened? He got a misdemeanor? Yeah, it yeah. came out today. Literally a misdemeanor assault charge for pushing the kid. Because as you, if you watch the video from like one angle, it looks like the kid just standing there and he pushes him. You watch from the other angle, the kid literally walks in front of him purposely. And he's just – it's after the game where the Raiders could have won. And he just – frustration pushes the kid um i just think it's a a pansy move on that kid's part of like all right i want to go get an assault charge and get my 15 minutes of fame that's how it looks on my how i perceive it no it's 100 percent a money grab 100 percent. he even even Devontae adams even apologized on he applied apologized on twitter his post game he was like hey i just really want to apologize to the guy i shoved out of the way it was in the heat of the moment and now you're trying to go ahead and just like Give him a misdemeanor? Like, that's crazy. But also, at the same time, whoever those NFL camera guys are, they got to know, they got to get the hell out of the player's way if they're trying to get the hell out of arena. He's leaving an away stadium. He's fired up because they just lost. No way you should be in anywhere near reaching point of that. Because at the end of the day, what he did re- was reactionary because he was just trying to get the hell out of there. So it's his fault, whoever this person is that got pushed down. Did he deserve to get pushed down? No. But at the same time, you should know better, especially if you're down on that field. Yep. 
half these stories you guys are walking through have been news to me. I, I've not been on Twitter these last few days. This has been a crazy week. So, <laughs> I'm not going to lie to you. Merritt, when he just mentioned it, I literally was I, – I flipped through my Instagram story real quick, and it was Stephen A. talking about him getting charged for misdemeanor. That's the only reason I – I thought you were joking. I thought you were legit joking. Like, that's insane to me that you – I mean, it is, I guess, but the fact that it got to that point is – yeah, I think it, it doesn't get to this point if I'll, – I'll say it this way. Devontae did apologize, but it's a lackluster apology because he didn't do it in person. You did it at the end of the game, during your press conference, and then on Twitter. Hold on. See, hold on, but, but still. No, listen up. It It is a money grab. I'll always 100% agree with that, but – it can be altered if you actually go and find the person that the altercation happened with. Like, if he went up to the kid and was like, look, I apologize, like, had a face-to-face conversation, I think this goes differently. That, and from a law degree standpoint, we learned, we took a sport law class. You You just admitted fault publicly. So if he has that lawyer... Boom, he can get it because he's admitted guilt in the situation right there to the world. Like, if it was behind a closed door, I have apologies, hand, shake hands, done, to your point. But he, you literally just admitted to assaulting somebody on live television with millions of people watching. If he has a lawyer, he's like, hey, here's an opportunity that we can make some money. He just admitted that he was guilty in this situation to thousands of people. So, And that sport law class is coming in handy tonight. Yeah. Wow. That was I just great. remember – I just remember Howard and I literally leaving the sports law class final because we had another final downtown together, like booking it to another final. I remember I had that that sport law class. Was that the one that was like at like seven a.m.? Yeah, and he yeah. didn't change the final date, the the final time. He was like, "It's at seven. I'm like, "We have a final at eight. Um, downtown. <laughs> How the hell are we gonna do this?" Those tests were tough too. They were true or false in a law class. Every oh my god, you're right. What double, was it? Triple. Weren't they all true and false too? Yep. Brutal. One word can completely throw you off. I don't know how I passed that class. It was because he gave attendance points. <laughs> That's true. That and I showed up degrees. every class. I was never. I never missed one of those classes. So that saved my butt. I needed yeah. that 10%. Yeah. Difference between a B and a B right there. Literally, I, I do remember, I'm like, oh, my God, just every – it was not It was a once-a-week class. Yeah. It was like Tuesday mornings yeah. or something. It was a random random day where there was no reason not to be there. I will yeah. say I like that the Coliseum – having classes at the Coliseum was cool because the, the Brewing Gold – I was a Towers guy. So I would always stop by Brewing Gold after those those early classes, get one of those coffees and six bagel sandwiches that they had, and it was just a nostalgia thing. I was riding off on a senior year strong with getting to uh, Brewing Gold all over again. So I didn't hate <laughs> it from that standpoint. So I didn't mind it because there were some days where we had practice like right afterwards. So I was like, well, I'm here. I guess I'll go to practice now. Good times. Good times of classes at the Coliseum. Oh, yeah. the good old days. All right, Kevin. Uh, talk about the jersey. I'm just gonna look away. My guy Howard Ticker, rocking me Jets jerseys after their 40 to 17 win 
squishing those fish from Miami. Uh, this jersey is a Le'Veon Bell jersey. Because I'll be honest, I don't have any current Jets jersey. I don't have any yet. I hopefully will get one. If there's anybody that I wanted, so I had a Sam. I have a Sam Donald jersey, and he's not there anymore. So he I saw mean, ghosts. I could get. Yeah, I mean, I could get. I have a Geno Smith jersey. He was not there anymore. So, uh, I'm. You know, Le'Veon is now. You know, boxing. So, if I can get another Jets jersey, Howard. If I'm gonna get me a Jets jersey, who would you recommend? I would do a legacy one. I wouldn't get like a current. Uh, I would do like a Revis for sure. Okay. That's probably my all-time favorite Jet. Uh, Curtis Martin, I don't think you can go wrong with. As I had well. one of those jerseys when I was a kid. I had a Martin jersey. I, he was my, wow. one of my favorite Patriot players. Yeah. He, I, uh, I would, I'm always in that because I've always thought about that, Kevin. Like, if I wanted to get a Jets jersey, who would I get? And one or two years later, they're gone, you know? Jamal Adams was going to be that guy, too. I was like, man, this dude's a stud, and now he's in Seattle. So, uh, I don't want to jinx it. I, I think the legacy is the move. You get a Revis, you get a Curtis Martin. You can rock those wherever, whenever, and you're going to get yeah. respect, you know, that type of thing. So, I think that's going to be my philosophy from here on out for any of my teams. That's you know, a great idea. I like that idea. idea. Uh, so, but yeah, yeah obviously, if Wilson's a guy, if if both Wilsons are guys, or you know Hall or something like that, those are other names. Obviously, look out for Williams on the defensive side. But yeah, man, you can't go wrong with the Darrell Revis jersey. He's 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 a monster. So I, I'll be honest. Like growing up, my jersey I would have chosen. I would have chosen Wayne Corbett. He was a guy. He's yeah. A Wayne Corbett, or if anything, just because, uh, just because, just his name was just so damn long. If they sell a th- um, sell a throwback of a Vinny Testaverde, I was gonna say a, I would take Testaverde for sure. Yeah, I would even think about uh Chad Pennington. Chad Pennington was solid when he was with the Jets. Yeah, both um, of those guys were serviceable and good quarterbacks. They weren't great. Yeah. They weren't going to get you like more than one playoff win but they kept it very consistent across the board for that team yeah it's always great when i watch a jets game and see how many different jerseys just like walk by you'll see in one like suit brandon marshall tim tebow wayne corbett vinny testaverde then you have darrell revis another revis a geno smith jersey then find somebody, Sauce Gardner. So, like, literally all historical quarterbacks out here. And, yeah, it's a good time. Merrick, enough about me. What does your hat say? Uh, down, it says a wood duck. Yeah, so it is a minor league baseball team down in North Carolina. Um, I got the hat four years ago. Uh, it's a little tight on my head right now. I don't you know because I have a little bit more hair than I did back then. Um, but yeah, I thought it'd be a fun little hat to wear. A different logo, kind of fun. So nice, nice. And we got hockey on behind us. The Bruins are on first game of the season. There you go. Shout out to the hockey. Shout out to hockey. Yeah, yeah. Well, Bruins are winning one nothing last I saw. So I'll, I'll take it. Mm-hmm. We're gonna be hopefully not horrible. Um, Kevin, do you have any new cards this week or no? I do. I do. Ooh. Have some fun ones. I like a uh, shout out to the store that I shop at 
Santiago Sports. Did they buy any of your your cards? I haven't set that up yet. I'm still trying to fix them. So I have to sleeve them. I need to get buy some top mm-hmm. loaders. So Howard, FYI, I have been starting the card collection and trying to get into selling cards. So I recently found my old card collection that I had when I was younger in my basement. So I'm trying to spruce them up and see if I could either A, sell them, or maybe grade some of them, see if they'll get more money from them. Um, and that has been a segment on our show since I started doing this. So a couple cards I got. Troy Palomalu, you can't see it. Nice. Hall of Fame. Uh, 73 out of 75, Ken Cloth. This is my favorite card that I got recently. It's of Giannis with his – oh, I can't even see it. Oh, there it is. Yeah, Giannis put it right holding, near your face. Yes, thank you. Uh, Giannis uh, winning the NBA championship when they won a couple years ago in a little, little fun little photo. I also got me a Michael Jordan slab graded 9 out of 10. I think it's very familiar to the one that you have, Merritt, that I got you for your birthday. Yeah, it's super close. Yeah, it's very close. I think it's like the alternating years. Yes. And then just a LeBron card because I think this is how I'm going to show the cards from now on because now you guys can actually see them. Yeah. Uh, LeBron, just because his cards can eventually just go up in value and value uh, as the years go on. And when he retires, you know, then I can like maybe cash out possibly. But we'll see what happens. But that's what I got today. I guess. Dude, collecting cards as a kid was awesome. I have so many oh at, my, at my parents' house still. They're like, now that I have my own like my own house, they're like, that means you got a storage room, right? We can get this out of the basement. I'm like, no, nah, I'm keeping those in there. They're, they're I don't know where half of mine went. I'm pretty sure they're still at my parents' house somewhere. If you can find them and some of them are in decent condition, I keep all of my friends keep telling me like, if you can get them graded, then that's when the money really starts. Like, especially if you're having cards of when those players played, like, those ones apparently cost a lot more. I have ho- I have a bunch of hockey cards. Like, a I, bunch. Yeah, I, uh, baseball was mine, but I had, uh, I have a couple of Ron James rookie cards. I used to collect, like, cr- a crazy person as a kid, like, especially Ooh. around with my bar mitzvah money. That's what I did, because <laughs> my dad had... Uh, my dad had a Nolan Ryan rookie card, and that thing's worth like five thousand dollars right now. Wow. He like refuses to give it to my brother and I because he knows the second he gives it to us, we're we're turning that thing around and selling it. So he's just holding on to it as long as he can. So he got me into collecting cards early as a kid. So yeah, I have like an Ichiro one that I think is probably worth something. A couple Mellows, um, Philip Rivers rookie card might be like my best NFL one, which is not saying much, but uh. <laughs> That was a cool one I got one year. I'm like, hey, he's actually been pretty decent. And I was like just skimming through him the other day. Do you guys have you ever met Ben Bridgman? Either of you guys? I used to hang out with him in uh college quite a bit, and then I usually stayed with him whenever I'd come into town in a Morgantown game. He built his own bar. And oh, on on the bar top, uh, over the on the actual counter part of it, he put like old school basketball cards. Oh fire. So, like when we Dude. were just at the bar pre-gaming to go out, uh, we were like, it was just nostalgia of being like, oh, I forgot about that dude, or oh, Paige is like, we were just name-dropping people from, like, Oh, my gosh. I was like, that is such a cool added touch to your bar of just 
classic basketball cards hanging out on the uh, underneath the glass. Like it was a really, a really, really cool touch. So, um, shout out to him for that because that was that was a cool that was a cool night. We ended up staying in I think the entire night, just looking at all the cards and just getting hammered, <laughs> not going out. It was the night before like a more uh, one of the football games. I can't remember which one. But that sounds like a better night than going out. I won't yeah. lie. I remember, like, it, it was, like, Yankee playoff game was on, too. So, we, I mean, definitely were playing drinking games and having people over. So, there's no need to go out. At that point, we were, it was only, like, five, six years ago. We weren't that, we didn't need to be going, hitting up High Street anymore at that point. So. We, when we were in Morgantown, my brother-in-law has never been there. We were, like, walking around, and I'm like, wow, I feel really old. I don't, I don't think I could uh, ever do this again. Be great. I, think, I can do it. I think for nostalgia pieces i would try one more time one more time but then after that i would be like all right we're good to retire it's done but okay I so definitely say, go stage ahead. stage next year i'll do that i will not go to like whatever bent willies is now or or uh joe mama's and all that i'm not doing that i'll do stage i feel like that's reasonable that's I definitely that's reasonable you know, we get all the sport management people back together for one more rowdy night all together in spades. Oh my gosh. Madness. Absolutely madness. Oh, I will madness. die. I will die. My wife will kill me. 100%. My wife 100%. Will me. No, she won't because she's going to, she would probably be there with us. Yeah, she'll probably still murder me. Yeah, probably. probably. Yeah, let's, let's be honest with that one. Probably still kill me. Um, Howard, do you, are you still doing fantasy football? Not really, no. I fell off. One word, we're tech when we were like as a in college, of course, but definitely we're not allowed to do it in terms of for money at least. So like if you're not doing it yeah. to get money from your friends, you're not gonna do it just for fun. So but um still follow it. I mean I know who's good and who's not, I guess. Kevin, how'd you do this week? So out of my teams, I won two of them. I lost one of them. Lost one of them by like five points i literally it took it, it came down to the last game because one team i had pat mahomes so he was good another team i needed travis kelsey to win to go to like go crazy he conveniently he did with four touchdowns shout out to travis kelsey and then the the one i lost just bad luck on people not performing like i had what's his name on the jets Running back Michael Carter on the bench got 17 points out of nowhere, and both of my running backs couldn't hit anywhere close to like double digits. So it was quite a struggle. And this is the first week of buys for me. And oh shit, I have to pay attention. I have to set my lineup. Yes. Yeah, so you might want to take a look at your waiver wire because it's really unpromising right now. Uh, so yeah, it's been a crapshoot trying to figure out what to do because I have one league where I don't have any running backs, and then there's another league where my tight end, both of my tight ends are injured, so it's a it's a struggle, struggle city. But we're making do. Okay. What about you, sir? Huh? You I'm lost all three of yours. Yeah. I felt that. I felt the yeah. presence. It's okay. Yeah. We can move on. Sorry, right. the one game like I literally lost by like a not even a point in one. Another one by 12, and another one by 30. And the one I lost by 30, Travis Kelsey was on my was my tight end and went off and made it look more respectable than what it should have been. So, yeah. I love it. 
Fell yeah. over. Horrible. God awful this year. I'm two and three in all my leagues. It's Ooh. so bad. Oh, I play my wife this week. Oh, that's not good. Oh, that's fantastic. I'm projected to lose. I will edit my life. <laughs> Shut up. Oh, my God. I'm no? sorry. Derrick Henry's on by. That's why. Hold on. I just got to edit this. And... Oh, Montgomery's in. All right, we're good. There we go. Now I'll project to win. Amazing. Just with that one move, I'm projected to win by eight points. I'm not going to help her set her lineup. I can't because I'll lose <laughs> somehow. <laughs> oh, my God. I love it. Oh, my God. It. It's ridiculous. I can't even buy wins this this season. I'm done. I'm just going to cash it all in and say I'm write it off. Um, all right. Let's go to the fun part. Howard's here. He's probably bored of us talking about fantasy football and half the other stuff. Um, so we'll just dive all in. in. Um, okay, Howard, we sent you questions. We'll probably read like three of them, and we'll probably get off topic. Like we, we've noticed it's kind of what we do. <laughs> we don't stay on topic at all. Um, but I want to start us off with we all had Doc as a professor. <laughs> we've all shared stories about Doc. Kevin and I have shared numerous stories about Doc. We all had the uh, privilege, honest, I would say it was the privilege, to speak to Doc's classes in the past year or so. Give us your favorite Doc story from when you were in school, though. I just love how he would pop into a class, rile us up over God knows what, and then at the end of the, the class, just be like, hey, reminder that paper's due next week, and we've never even talked about it paper and then the other one i would say and i don't know if he watches so i don't know if you guys can edit this out but oh no he does not watch okay does not watch he gave me like a 65 one time on like an essay and he's like rewrite these things and i just resubmitted it i didn't do a single change and i got a 90 so that dude didn't read shit like (laughs) dude that happened and i can't use his name uh he was a football player that was in one of our classes i walked up with him one day doc give us give us back our papers i had like a 90 and he had a i think doc didn't even give him a grade he said incomplete like redo all blah 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 i'm like what the fuck like how's this how's this even possible like he wrote a full paper he's like i don't i don't get this the next week we hand papers back in the following week give him back he has a 93 i have a 95 i'm like did you redo any of yours? He goes, no, I didn't. Just gave him the same paper. I'm like, I redid the title and just made it look nicer. And that's all he told me to do. <laughs> he gave us, gave us like better grades. Like, what the heck? I'll say this, though, about him. In terms of, like, preparation for the real world, like, he probably was the best professor that got us ready just with, like, unrealistic timelines for like major projects like he learned us to get our itch together before certain things and quickly and public speaking i think he did a good job of exposing us to and whatnot so he respect to him dr lee was probably my favorite professor but we definitely in terms of readiness for the real world doc definitely i think did a a really really good job in that regard so yeah for sure i think like everybody knows and I think I'll never forget, like, my, like, maybe first or second year there. Like, I had people that, like, had Doc 
and be like, I don't just understand like how you you he expects us to do this. It's like, let me ask. Let me just tell you this. Yes, you're you are currently going through it right now. Totally get it. He told you that you have a twelve page paper due at nine p.m. at night, and it is currently one in the morning. But remember, it's not just do what you're supposed to do, and you will thank him later. Yeah. And they're like, "What are you talking about?" I'm like, "Just do, just figure it out. Hell, don't even submit it. Figure it out, and you'll do what you gotta do." But I'll never forget. There was like one paper. I think I literally. Because it was so late, and I was, like, not trying to get myself worked up about it. He wanted a five-page paper. I gave him two and a half with extended, like, margins and everything to make it as long as possible. We never, ever got those papers back. I remember Where that. Where did those papers go? So, as long as I handed something in, I was good. But at the same time, you know, I just like to say Doc was Doc. Yeah. And... People can say what they want about him, but at the end of the day, let's look at it. Look at us now, ten plus years later. He got us more ready than anybody else ever would. Yeah, yep. Doc was Doc was one of those professors that did not mince words, did not make you. He he did not want to make you feel good about anything you did. He made <laughs> you feel like, hey, guess what? This was crap. Do it better, and it. Like you both said, it prepared us for what the real world would be. It's not like, oh, good job. You did really good today. No, he was like, this is crap. Go fix it. Even if you didn't do much to fix it, even if it was just you put a period somewhere else or altered a sentence some way, that was fine in his mind. Like you, because you went and did the did the work to show, all right, I listened. I took right. what you told me to do. I love Doc, though. I think Doc was my favorite professor because of what you said, Howard. He would get us riled up. And it would be like over the most asinine things, but there were real topics when we were in college. Like, pay student athletes, pay this, do this, whatever it was. And it was actual conversation. It wasn't like sit in class, be bored. We did have plenty of those classes with Doc, though, too. But like, majority of them were actual conversations. And then, yeah, have, you have a paper due. What? What paper are we talking about? I'm not doing a paper. I don't think I handed in 95% of the papers he ever talked about. Like, be straightforward. Uh, here's a great question, because you just brought, up, brought, brought it up. What was the most memorable thing you got riled up about with him in class? Because I was, I, you just made me try to think. I'm trying to remember. What is the... What topic did we get riled up the most about? I know. I'm trying. I, all I remember is the shouting matches in class. To be honest, the context or the uh, what the topics were, I couldn't even tell you. I, I really, yeah, genuinely I, cannot think of it at the top of my head. I was trying to think about them when I saw the the list of questions. Uh, because that was the first thing I just thought. I just remember walking away out of the class being like, what did we just do for 55 minutes? And now we have to type a 10-page paper. This is garbage. Like, this is trash. And it's due in two days. But I couldn't even tell you what the topics were. I probably was just scrolling through Twitter the entire time, too. But, you know. Uh, I just remember leaving class one day. And the three of us were in the same class. And all of us walking out just livid. And everyone 
leaving that class, never wanting to go back to a doc's class. And all of us showed up in two days later for the next class, but like all still heated and that discuss whatever the discussion was in that class carried over to the next one. And it just went and I think some of us some students, I didn't care, kept going because we knew if we kept getting doc to talk those papers, those assignments never happened. That was the biggest thing with Doc. You got that's, him going. That's fair. We straight up didn't read. I stopped buying his textbooks that he was recommending for I that never, exam. We wouldn't even go over half the stuff that we were supposed to go over because it would be just papers and presentations and and, and you could find all this stuff online. Yeah. <laughs> we just stopped going over all these chapters that were in the syllabus. Never read I remember. One of those books. I, I don't know if you guys remember, there was one class that, I don't know if all of us were in it, how did I think you were in it, I just remember we had to go from one room and walk the second floor to another room that we had docked two classes in a row, and I just, all of us were just like, we left that one class, we're like, nah, I'm not, some people were like, oh, nah, I'm not that. going, I'm not going to that class, I'm not going, I can't, I'm not going. Yeah, and then like we were just standing in the hallways, hallways while like other classes were going on, and like it's of us just debating on if we wanted to walk across the hall to go to the class because we were already like so angry at him. And I I wasn't in the second class. I was in the first class, but I was not in the second one. I had something else. But I don't. I just remember that class of being like everyone was just like, oh my god, and we have to go through same with him in another class, and then people would just be like, not going can't deal with this BS, blah, 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 blah. And I, I just remember, I'm like, all right, well, I guess we're just going to sit in this class again and, like, figure this life out. But shout out to Doc after this. Got to respect him. But we may have hated his guts at some point during college for whatever reason. But I can honestly say I still text that man a few times a year. Yeah, our roommate Ian uh, used to always just hear me and Justin complaining about him. He'd be like, he'd be like so excited for four o'clock on Tuesdays and Thursdays to come back to me and Justin just complaining about whatever the heck went on. He'd be like, he'd be like cooking dinner. He'd be like, "What did Doctor Jones uh, do today to you guys?" And we're just like, "Oh, don't answer. Don't get us started." And then it's four hours of ranting and drinking yeah. and yelling at about him. Yep, all been there. It's always been fun. All right, Kevin, you can take the next one. Sure. Absolutely, Mayor. Um, so, you know, Howard, let, let's just go right ahead and right to it. I'm the, usually the one that stays to the script as Mayor, you know, starts to dive off the course. But first whoa, off, whoa, whoa, whoa. how did you get into ticket sales and how did you come to Maryland? That is a li- First off, that is a lie. You go off script all the time. That's a lie. No, I do not go off script. Sorry, Howard. Go ahead. You can answer the question. Oh, we can keep having this conversation. That was fun. <laughs> um, oh, I'm finding a new co-host. <laughs> um, I mean, you guys were all in the same classes that I was. Every single time we had like a guest speaker, they were like, if you want to work in sports, the easiest way to get in the industry is sales, right? And none of us were going, oh, no, we're going to work in marketing. We'll, we'll go from there. That did not work. I, did, I applied to a thousand jobs, everything in marketing, events, didn't get a single interview 
started just taking the sales thing seriously. I actually, funny story, I applied to the job at Maryland on my 20, I was just speaking to a, the Sport Business Society on Maryland the other night said this exact story. I applied to this job on my 21st birthday at West Virginia. I said, I'm not going out to bars to celebrate until I apply to 21 jobs tonight. <laughs> <laughs> Good amazing. for you, bro. That's um, awesome. And I got it done by like two o'clock in the afternoon. So I, I still had fun that day. Don't get me wrong. But I applied to the job and then, and it was in January. I didn't get a call back until like April for this position. It was from Neil Hoffman, who's now over with the, the 76ers and the, and the Flyers overseeing all their premium. I remember um, him. I remember yeah. him. Yep. Good dude. Uh, really good dude. I still keep in contact with him regularly. Uh, he was actually just at the Maryland game this past weekend. Um, but uh, he gave me a call, interviewed me. I already had a job lined up post-college at doing camps. I ran camps throughout the summer. I was a camp counselor through high school and college and whatnot. And it lined up perfectly in like August or, or July or whatever, where um, I got to be an entry level, you know, sales rep, smile and dial, uh, 80 to 100 calls a day, put as many butts in seats as possible. And Charlie. Was, yeah. Yeah. Uh. And, uh, it, it was tough at first. I actually sucked. I was not good. Uh, it took some, you know, I was definitely a good culture fit for the staff in terms of, you know, positivity cheering people on, volunteering, like working cherry blossom festivals on a Saturday where you're standing behind a table and no one wants to talk to you, that type of thing. And eventually it just clicked. Oh, I just started seeing the fruit of my labors by just people just calling back and buying tickets and, and whatnot. And the rest is history. After that, it's kind of been a string of promotions ever since. So that was my start. My only real job out of college and it's just been turned into five, six promotions over the years. And now overseeing the Maryland operation and eight, uh, seven other schools for Aspire as well. So it's been a wild, wild ride. That's for sure. That's awesome, dude. Congratulations for that. I, I did ticket sales, but I was at ASU in Texas when both those schools were under Aspire leadership. Um, and I'll agree. It's a grind. It is not easy. Um, I, I tell people um, anytime they ask me about sports, like, like you have a sport management degree. Yeah. I work now in recruiting, very, very different lifestyle, but I will attribute every, all my success to those early grinds of working random festivals. Like I remember working the Tempe art fest. There was no reason to have <laughs> ticket sales at this art fest, but we're there. I remember working that. I remember all these other events. I dressed up as Sparky one time for opening a baseball, like a Little League baseball tournament, like stadium, which was yeah. the coolest. I think that would be the highlight. And besides hosting the Pac 12 championship game. But like, yeah. Those early gr those grinds and stuff were probably the reason I'm successful now, yep. years later. And then when it got to the point where they started inviting you to your tailgates, they were sending you gifts around the holidays. It was all repeat business, and you're seeing them at games. You're like, dang, this is actually kind of cool. Like we're pretty lucky to be able to do this. It could be a lot worse. So, um, but yeah, it was. It's been awesome. It's been it's been cool to see like how much Maryland's grown in the last ten years as well from a you know in other sports and uh, 
obviously in the Big Ten now, everything like that. So it's been it's been crazy. Three or four different football coaches, two basketball coaches, two ads. It's been a wild wild ride. So I think my favorite thing from what I've seen you post is like it was years ago. It was like a men's basketball game. It was like a shell shock or whatever something. It was like a blackout game, and it was I saw it and I was like, that is. That's really cool. Like that's dope to see. Dude, Maryland basketball games are nuts. And I grew up a diehard Terps fan, uh, going to basketball games in Cold Field House during like the Duke Maryland days, Duke UNC or the UNC Maryland game, the Juan Dixons versus the Jay Williams. Like oh, those rivals. Juan Dixon's mm. so good. Yeah, yeah. Juan Dixon was my guy. I, he was my favorite player, like as a kid. Uh and when he went to the Wizards, I'm I'm a Knicks fan, but when he went to the Wizards, like it was the most like amazing thing for Wizards fans. They thought that was like the coolest thing that the guy from down the street's now gonna play for the Wizards. But uh, that place is rocking. We had game day a couple. The it was actually the game before the world kind of shut down. It was like a March like fifth game. Uh, we had college game day come uh, senior night uh, against Michigan State. I want to say it was. That place was nuts. Like, that place was absolutely packed. People were lining up the day before. So, hopefully football will get to that point. Uh, obviously, football is moving in the right direction. But we had Penn State on a night game a couple of years ago when we started 3-0. and And, like, it was a Friday night game. We saw people, like, starting tailgating at 6 o'clock. And we're like, this is what I remember as a kid going to football games when we were going to ACC championships and stuff like that. Because they had some squads, too. Lamont Jordan. Uh, was the running back back in the day. Obviously, Corey Smith, Darius Hayward Bay, some guys that had some pretty good years uh, in the NFL. Maryland used to have a very proud football football program, so hopefully uh, they're hopefully getting there. Right direction right now. So, Howard, I got to ask this question because I used, I did it when I was, worked at Texas. Being a West Virginia grad, is that, do you bring that up when you were younger? Did that spark conversation with the Maryland people you were trying to sell tickets to yeah oh my goodness that was my i my my go-to i my is that i grew up a diehard terps fan i'm the only one in my family that didn't go to maryland uh and then i went to west virginia i think i even threw some shade at west virginia i'm not gonna lie i was like i wasn't smart enough to get into maryland so i went to west virginia i 100 percent did i went when i was at worked at texas and my season ticket holders like found out i went to wu they're like what How's it feel to wear burnt down orange? And my always would be like, I do it, but my soul slightly dies every time. And they and they loved it. And my my manager did not like those lines. I'm like, but my season ticket holders all are coming back, and they're all upgrading their seats, and they all love me. So it's okay. I still have some of them that talk to me, like text me. Like mm -hmm. my favorite guy in the world is Scott Wilson. I don't know what this man does for a job, but he is a diehard uh, Longhorn fan and has not missed, besides COVID, has never missed an athletic event at Texas. He's He goes to every baseball game, homer away. Goes to every football game, homer away. He's at every swim meet. Every he ha I've heard stories. He goes from, he's done a basketball game baseball game, softball game, and some other type of sporting event all in a one-day period. 
And he's like 70-something years old. Damn. I've tailgated with him. He's at a baseball game. Zach Fox, which who I think we all know. Great dude. Awesome dude. Love that guy. Yeah. Another sport management alum out there. He was, he was down in Austin for the game. And he knew Scott because Scott had gone up the year before. And is one of the most inviting human beings in the world. And we're all sitting around drinking moonshine. And Scott's like, I love that West Virginia moonshine. I'm going, my season ticket holder's getting drunk with me. I can't be here. I, I just can't. Like, this is not good. Oh, man. But I love, I love it. it. Howard, I got a question for you. Uh, since we've already, you've already kind going of off, answered some of the other questions. Going off That script. we already put. Going off yeah, script. Yeah, because Howard is smart, and he answered questions that you already wrote already, so so we can fill the time. I'm getting creative out here. So, Howard, apologies from my co-host yelling at me. But uh, I want to know. Season so you two is off about, to a great start. Oh, it's off to a huge start. By the end of season two, there's going to be a new co-host, and it's I'm going to be booted off. Or but, I'll be uh, booted off somehow. I don't oh, know. But as I keep getting interrupted, thank you, Merritt. <laughs> but um, Howard, you, you talked about like the changes that Maryland has been having since you've been there since you graduated school. I wanted to know, can you give me your favorite, your top five Maryland basketball players since you've been there, and your top five football players that you enjoyed watching when you were there? Oh. So since I've worked there, so not as a fan growing up. Um. Yeah. Yeah, as as you worked there, as you worked there. Cool. Uh, Eric Ayala and uh, Anthony Cowan are two recent ones. Uh, both four-year guys, uh, seeing their growth and, and how much Maryland meant to them and, and everything like that from a basketball perspective. Love those guys. Des Wells and Melo Trimble were, were awesome. Uh, Bruno Fernando as well. I'm I'm definitely gonna leave someone out. I feel like I fired those off so quick. But Bruno, he's still in the league. He actually just got a nice little contract extension. Uh, he was just a, a like fired up the fan base. You know, slant like his dunks, threw it down with authority, blocked so many shots. So for hoops, those are probably the quick five. I'm probably forgetting one or two, but I'll definitely go with those because they just came up the quickest. Um, Stephon Diggs, his freshman year at Maryland, was mm. nuts. DJ Moore as well, obviously. I just saw a stat the other day about DJ Moore. Like, he's had more production in his, like, first four years. He's up there with, like, Larry Fitzgerald, Randy Moss, and a couple other guys. I I, I know Carolina's sunk. We've been, we've been talking about them. They've had a tough go at it. But he's just been putting up, putting up numbers. So, Moore, uh, Diggs, for sure. Um... Ty Johnson, not to throw out a jet, but he was, mm-hmm. he like, was electrifying. He was one of those guys, like, you could tell it from a kick returner perspective that he was taking it to the house all the time. So he was very exciting, uh, exciting to watch. Um, Savage, who's now with the Packers, they're, they're starting safety. That dude was incredible. And J.C. Jackson uh, as well from Maryland was pretty good uh, as a lockdown. I think he's on the Chargers now. Uh, yeah, let's, that's, that, just yeah. throw salt in the wound here. Thank you. <laughs> I was a big fan of that. When he won, he got paid. That that helped in talking points for my sales team. But two, 
he he left the Patriots, which was just an added bonus for me. So hey, you um, know what? It's okay. He didn't play the first two weeks because he had late ankle surgery, and somehow, some way, our New England my New England Patriots find damn good cornerbacks in the draft. That's definitely a position. If you have a premium guy, like obviously that's that's awesome. But like, if you have a good defensive coach, like you can make an incredible corner. Like you can develop corners. Like uh, especially if you have four or five solid ones, you can do the money ball approach and rotate, do rotations and and whatnot. I feel like it's definitely a premium if you have an elite dude. But you really, I don't think necessarily. If you got like a, I'd rather have a stacked room than one guy and you're paying a bajillion dollars to, and then have two scrubs that are playing the other side of the ball. So, yeah, um, I'll agree with that. I love this new kid, Jack Jones at the Patriots, Scott. The past two weeks, two interceptions, and has just been a shutdown. So yep. I'll take it. Yep. And Jace, and what? I don't remember. The, I don't even remember half the Patriot players this time around. They're just, it's hard to watch. Hard to watch these years. Dynasty is crumbling. That's oh, that crumbled a, lo- a while ago. It's okay. Got to rebuild. Got to rebuild somewhere and start over, right? Everyone does it. All of our teams have been, well, all of our teams have been there. Kevin and I are dealing with it right now. I just think the Jets have been a couple years away from being, the Jets have been a couple years away from being a couple years away for the last 15 years. So um, it's been tough. It's been tough. I'll be intrigued to see what the Jets can do. To be completely honest with you, Howard, like I didn't think they'd be this good. I didn't think they'd have a winning record. But I also still don't believe that Wilson is the answer for that team. This isn't sustainable. I'm not fully sold on him either, but I also don't think it's sustainable much longer. We don't have the depth to be able to keep this up at this point. Uh, God forbid, I hope no, knock on wood, I hope no one gets injured. But we are one or two injuries away from being completely out of it because we just don't have the depth that some of these elite teams have. But I've already seen enough progress to be all in on Coach Sala. Like I love him. Uh, we're going to have cap space next year. We can clearly draft. We've had back-to-back rock star classes, so we're moving in the right. And what free agent wouldn't want to come to New York with all that young talent, you know, and be one of those pieces? So I can uh, give you one, Tyreek Hill, because he, <laughs> he came out and said, he goes, I had to make an adult decision, yeah. taxes or no taxes. <laughs> That's fair. I don't I know. I'm okay with that. Like that, I, 30, that 30 minute span where I thought we were getting Tyreek Hill was electrifying. And then I thought, <laughs> and I was just like, man, of course. And then, then you were like, everyone else in the AFC East going, oh, I got to play against him twice a year. Oh, boy. I'll find someone to throw it to him. That's all I'm going to say. That's very true. That's true. <laughs> Yeah, well, they don't have a quarterback right now, but I'm pretty sure Tua's not playing. I don't think this week either. And then Diggs is questionable. Oh, my gosh. Because he didn't play last week against the Jets. And Teddy Bridgewater, I don't know if he's playing because he got a concussion. Because he he got knocked out like the first play. Yeah. Our boy Sauce. I mean, coming in trying to kill people. Miami's gonna have to sign somebody off the damn street at this point. Or, or they can do what the Giants are doing: let their running backs play quarterback. That's very true. That will. I won't lie. 
is the biggest surprise in this NFL season is the Giants record. Dude, they're yeah. They're, it's amazing what coaching could actually do because they're they haven't the roster is pretty much the same roster as last year. Like they actually, yeah. It, there's no one new. Yeah. And then they're four and one. I watched that London game uh, yep. with my buddy. He was over here for it. Uh, he's a big Giants fan. Yeah, man, they're they're legit. I mean, obviously Saquon staying healthy is just a massive piece of it. He's a stud, like an absolute stud. But the O line looks great. Jones isn't turning over the ball nineteen times a game. Uh, that defense looks good too. Yep. Our boy Stills too. He's their yeah. number one. Yeah, he's playing. Except the one play I saw of him during the Sunday game, he dropped the ball and it was he was like wide open. I was like, oh, that doesn't look good. But it's good to have. But he's they've been playing there. him instead of like Kadarius Tony, who they're paying all his money to, uh, or like Kenny, or uh Kenny Galladay. Like they're not they're they're playing Stills instead. And Sterling got hurt for the fourth year in a row. That man is at the point where he needs to retire. I I love his rookie year was amazing because I have a good friend like you, Howard, that's a a Giants fan, and we talk about it. And he's like, first year. We were literally sitting going, we got our young wide receiver core. All right, good. And then all of a sudden it just died. And yeah. then the wide receivers got scared of the end zone. He was a stud at Oklahoma, too. He was so good. I remember texting my friend when they got him. I was like, that guy's going to be a beast for you. And he got so hyped. And just to me, that was to your point, four years of different injury after different injury. Yep, sadly. And then. Galladay not even knowing what to play. <laughs> the best thing I've ever seen in my life is even Matthew Stafford made him look great, and then he fleeced everybody. That happens sometimes. Like Tremaine Johnson on the Jets, Galladay is one. Albert Hainsworth on the the football team years ago, or the Commanders, or whatever you want to call any, them. Any you team just that get paid, yeah. you just go away. You just like I said earlier, you give me eight hundred fifty thousand dollars, I'm gone forever. You give somebody seventy nine million dollars guaranteed, I'm not. Your work ethic's got to go down. I get. I would. I, I. Some people, I feel like, just take the money and run. I mean, I don't blame them either. That's life changing money overnight that you can get. So, a great example for anyone that loves football is a Malcolm Butler with the Patriots, Super Bowl winning court cornerback. Uh, had a great year the following year. And then he's like, I want money. And Belichick's like, there's the door. Bye. And he just fell off. So. I don't blame anyone, though. No, the hell no. I, I take the money and run. <laughs> Let's be honest. I mean, you work all your life for it. You finally get a payday, like, at that point. You also have to get paid for like your past, because you don't get paid nearly as much, you know, as what you're worth. If you do deserve that contract for your first four years, so I, that side of the coin too. So I always hate about like those contract extensions, like when teams be so dude about it. I was like, just pay the man, like Aaron Judge on the Yankees, pay the man, yes. like the dude, the dude earned it. Oh, like, he's not. I, I don't think he's coming back to the to to the Yankees. He's not. I don't think so. I guess I think he might go to the Mets. No, so I've heard the two top contenders, and this will hurt both of you. Are my Red Sox, 
which God, I hope they don't do, and the Giants. I think he goes to the Giants. That's what I was going to say is where I think he's going to go. Both very hitter-friendly parks. Um, He's also at the point of his career where, no offense to him, he did a great thing of staying in college and getting a great education, but it was very detrimental to his long-term career in the ML. He's yeah. dirty. He's only been in the league for five years. So, uh, and yeah, he went to Fresno State, and he I think he grew up in Cali, so that would make sense. And yep. to your point of if you're worried about injuries and whatnot, I'd much rather be playing in warm weather year-round than and be. <laughs> you can go any – he'll go anywhere and become a DH. Oh, yeah, NL has that as you can be a DH now in the NL, right? Yeah, they changed that rule. Um, this was the first year I think they had the the DH and the NL. Forgot about that. Yeah, yeah. I forgot about that too. Shout out to the the DH rule. I would just love to be a <laughs> player that just hits and not have to play the field. Hell yeah. Yeah, that'd be fantastic. Or be a pitcher and only work every five days. Good point. That would be great. Um. All right. So, like Kevin said. Howard's answered all of our questions through like everything. Um, I want to get your thoughts, not on football, but on this upcoming basketball season. Because they they have their midnight madness, I think, is this Friday. Yeah, the, the, the gold blue game is this Friday. Yep. So, Howard, thoughts on our basketball team? Sounds like we're legit, right? I, I mean, going back to the – Kevin and I were saying about press conferences. I watched Duggan's press conference. It sounds like we got some some dudes. And I know, like, from a Maryland perspective, I was following, like, our transfer rankings and West Virginia on every single list that Maryland was on. West Virginia was, like, top three on, like, transfer portal acquisition. So I think we're going to be pretty good. But yeah. I couldn't name three players. Like literally, I think there's nine new players on the team, yeah, which is like unprecedented. So it's definitely going to be interesting for our basketball team. I'm excited to see, according to Huggins, they actually make their shots, which is cool. And then, uh, wait, a basketball team at West Virginia makes shots? Apparently, they make actually make their shots. According, that is a quote. From a Huggins press conference. Question. Do they hit free throws? Well, I'm assuming shots is included in that, so I don't know. That's that's very it's two different things technically in a basketball game. Yeah. But like I, I'm Howard, I'm sure you when you've watched them, you can kind of just feel the energy is different with who the players are. Uh, I think but one of the things he kept talking about is that, you know, he don't have to worry about not seeing guys in the gym the guys that are there they're in the gym working out because he was i listened to the final forecast that like kevin jones and john flowers Flowers run and they brought up the example last year that like you know i hear the basketball dribbling and i'm thinking it's one of my guys i look down and it's kevin jones in the gym and none of my guys and then you know i hear i hear some music going off again i look down it's one of the guys that came home from overseas and none of my players are in the gym. 
So the fact that these players are actually in the gym is already a good sign. Uh, I think they the projection rankings they have us like in like sixth or seventh in the Big Twelve, but we all know those rankings honestly don't mean anything until we start seeing these people play. So and, and let's be honest, in the Big Twelve, besides Baylor and Kansas, of course, who else is there? It's completely wide open. In Kansas, let's be honest. They're always a winner to a loss away from falling apart. Yeah. And their their classes haven't been nearly as good as they used to be for their recruiting and their transfer portals like we have. So plus Huggy's coming off of a Hall of Fame induction. I would love to just see him ride that as long as he can and bring that team somewhere. And he's had two disaster seasons since he's been here, and every year he's turning around quickly, too. So I'll give him the benefit of the doubt on that, that he'll, he'll be all right. Also, a lot of the guys he recruited, a lot of that team last year, like, you know, I feel like he does a pretty good job of getting culture guys for his program. You couldn't actually recruit people during COVID. You couldn't meet them. You couldn't get face-to-face. You were doing these types of things where you can't get a read on someone, you know what I mean? So... He probably was like, screw this. I'm not talking to a kid on a laptop. Like, I'm just going to keep going. You know what I mean? Like, so I, I, there's definitely some misses, it sounds like, on, from a culture standpoint of, of guys that he got. So, uh, he brought yeah. back Emmett from what I've heard is he loves that he, was, he loves him. So, I was fired up about that one. I, I remember seeing that one. I remember when that yeah. happened and Kevin and I were like, okay, this will be good. I'm excited to have him back as long as he's not the Emmett uh, that left. As long as he's actually like able to hit his shots, and hit, and it sounds like from from what I've read and from what I've seen is he's gotten more mature. I hope that's what we get. As long as we have that, we'll be good. Whenever yeah, I mean it's his final year, so hopefully he comes back uh, more mature and handles it go ahead howard i'm sorry i was just gonna say for the inevitable that i don't know when this is gonna happen whenever he decides to hang him up and retire who do you guys want it's a hell of a Take question over because obviously people have been saying missoula for years he's now gonna be an nba guy forever like he's, whether it's yeah. boston or somewhere else he's gonna get an nba job so he's out of the picture Darius Nichols is someone I like. He coached under uh, – uh, he was at Florida for a while as an assistant. Mm-hmm. Obviously, he was a Huggins guy. He was a Beheim Beeline guy. And he's the head coach at Radford now, which is a pretty decent mid-major program. Yeah, they're a good team. And he's a West Virginia guy. Like, we, we played there. So, he would check a box if we wanted to go the alumni route. But – I have no idea. I don't, I don't know enough about like up and coming coaches to be able to pick. I know, like it's that's that's, just, that's a great name that I was thinking as well was was him. I don't know. Do you is there, if there's anybody young on the staff like right now that's there? One person that I was thinking, you know, he's like a video coordinator for the Knicks. But if he ever wanted to come back to coach, I mean, Deshaun. 
Deshaun, that would be interesting. That would be an interesting that's, one. That's because, my favorite Western basketball player ever. I, I'm all uh, in on that. Hundred percent. Let's do that. I would. I think. I don't see Huggins tossing in the towel anytime soon. So. I would 100% be on board with Deshaun coming back and being our head coach as long as he got some more of that experience on the Knicks. And I think he will. I think he will 100% move up in that Thibodeau tree. Yeah, so. I mean, Thibodeau's, Thibodeau's guys have been being fucked left and right. It's been crazy. We got Payne went to – Woodson went to Indiana. Payne went to Louisville. So he's going to have a job. And, and then he's now got – Kevin, who's on his staff these days? It's Johnny Bryant still, I think. Oh my God! And then he's got Brunson's dad. Yeah, Rick Brunson, uh, is on there, which is crazy because I remember watching him play for the Knicks. Yeah. Um. Oh man, there's a couple. There's two more guys that are like solid guys that they've been assistants everywhere they've been, but Thibodeau, he's he's making them. I was bummed about Payne leaving. Because uh, he was Calipari's guy forever, and then yeah. he was rumored to be the head coach in waiting. I know we just said that's a dumb idea, but he was kind of waiting for Thibodeau to hand it off to him in four or five years. But then Louisville, his alma mater, came calling. And yeah, you can't yeah. when, when you your can. alma mater calls you and offers you a head coaching job, unless yeah, unless you're Joe Missoula, who most likely. Probably be the head coach of the Boston Celtics for not just this year, but years to come. After this yeah. whole thing that has I, I hate the, I hate the Celtics, but I'm I'm rooting for him to be successful. That'd be so cool. Uh, just that role for him, but obviously we get West Virginia just needs as much positive pub and pros as possible. It's only going to help. Agreed. Them. Yeah, I agree. The only downside to like all the stuff that came out with the Celtics with Ime and all that. Literally, everyone, every news reporter was like, so this one time Joe Mazzula got arrested like years ago and was suspended from the team. I'm like, that was how many years ago? He's a married man with two kids and has been with the Celtics organization for like four years. Shut up. Who cares? It's so far in his past. Like, he's learned his lesson. And from what all these players talked about, they all love him. They legit love this guy. So I'll, I'll take it. I'm ready to see what he does. Our uh, funny Joe Mazzullo story. Kevin, were you at? Were you camping out for game day freshman year when we had Louisville? Yes. Yes. So Joe Mazzullo, who was not playing that year, was in a sling was just running around interacting with people on game day at like two o'clock in the morning. Oh my god, I remember that. We're all boozing and tense having a good time. Uh and I just remember like getting super excited because obviously the the Elite Eight run the year before that. So he was already a legend on campus. And I like tap him on his back, but I like miss his back and just hit his elbow and it's like luckily it didn't hurt him. He just looked at me and was like, dude, what's and he just like started yelling at me. I'm like, oh no, I just pissed off Joe Missoula. I just like (laughs) (laughs) You're like, he's gonna kill me. Oh no. He's not gonna be back for March Madness and it's all my fault. He's like, oh no. Uh, That was a good time. I forgot about the infamous that was the first time college game day ever came to Morgantown was that 
basketball Louisville game. Oof, legendary. Heartbreaker of a game, too. Heartbreaker of a game because that is a long time waiting and waiting and waiting and to come home to a loss. And you lost by one as well. It was, it was close. Yeah, it, it was, was like a one or two point fun. game. It was senior night, Alex Ruoff. Yes. Speaking of Ruoff, that would be, you mentioned about coach's name, that could be a name if he decides, because I know he's a grad assistant right now. Oh, is yeah, he, he just came back as a grad yeah. assistant. Yeah. That's awesome. Nice. I didn't know that, actually. Because he just, what, he, he, just hung up, he, he just hung up his shoes. This is his yeah, first he's, year. Yeah, uh, he retired first year out not playing pro ball. Yeah. He was, he was so good his senior year. Like, he had a very solid senior year, and then he laid an egg on senior night, which stinks, but... Yeah, he made it. He was was crying coming. I remember just seeing him bawling his eyes out after that game, because he scored one point that game. Like, he laid an egg. Like, all you needed to do was put one ball in the hoop, and we win that game. That's it. Yeah, because I I remember that was a big time. Like, Kevin Jones coming out party was around during that time, because he started to get a lot more playing time. E-Banks and, like... Because Missoula was out, they had Truck playing. Truck, yeah. And, like, he was, like, growing up just being the starting point guard because Missoula was out, so. That was a squad. Wellington Smith, Deshaun Butler, Ruoff, and then he had the three freshmen, Ebanks, uh, Truck, and, and KJ. So amazing. Probably one Such of the nicest basketball players I've ever met in my life was KJ. Yeah. Easily. One of the nicest even one of the nicest human beings in the, I've ever met. Gotta love it. Well, cool. I think we've we've been doing this for almost two hours. Oh God, this is gonna be another long oh, one, yeah. Kevin. How long do y'all shows usually go? I've been looking at a few of them, and they're like hour, hour and a half. Just a long yeah, one. Yeah, hour and a half is usually the trend. If like we don't go off the rails, uh, we're usually like an hour and a half type of podcast. So like. You know, for as long as the producer's not podcast. on and we just don't keep rambling. Yeah. But you did miss something because I'd love to go over this with okay. Howard Ticker. Go Howard, ahead. Howard, so we know you're a Jets fan. I know you're a Knicks fan. Yeah. Uh, who, you're a Yankee fan. Who else are your other teams? Rangers. That's it, right? Yes. Is it Rangers? Yeah. Uh, I mean, oh, got, got respect WNBA. Uh. What is Liberty. Liberty. Yeah. There you Liberty. go. Uh, nice. And then actually, when it comes to soccer, uh, I'll, I'll claim DC United just because I was actually a big soccer player growing up, and our coach took us to those games. So I guess that's my only like, true DC allegiance uh, okay. as well. So, but I'm not a big soccer guy. I Give a shout out to Freddie Adu there. Yeah. I, I played against his brother. Fun really? He's from Maryland, yeah. His brother was not good. Uh, but, yeah. Well, Freddie and Dude used to always hang out with the five guys by us in the Catlins growing up as a kid. So, um, little fun fact. But, yeah, his brother, like, people was much bigger than Freddie, but he was not good. Not good at all. <laughs> Talk about a kid who went to a league way too early. Yeah. What is he doing? I wonder what Freddie and Dude is doing nowadays. Probably. I think Madness. he's. I know Freddie do went and played. I think he went overseas for a long time. And played overseas yeah. for years. 
Trout was such a big deal when he got drafted. Oh, yeah. Uh, thought he was going to save the sport, American soccer, all that, and then, yeah, last two years, full-on two years, so. Yeah, I remember my buddy in, high, in like, middle school was, like, so ecstatic when he saw that, and he was like, that's what I'm trying to do? And I'm like, Evan, you're this big and this big. I don't know if that'll work for you. <laughs> like, and he was a phenomenal soccer player um, for years. So, but cool. Kevin, is that your last question? That is the last question. That's all I got. Sorry, right. Mary. I'm just asking. I'm just asking. Okay. I'm trying to make sure, you know, cause you, you tell, you're telling me that you want to stay two scripts. So I'm just making sure. I know. I forgot. Oh, boy. All right, well, Kevin, you got any – did we miss anything? Any final notes? Nope, that was my last question okay. that I had. Oh, perfect. Well, Kevin, get us out of here. Yes. Yes. So, outro time. First off, before we go – you know, I like to give we like to give our friends their flowers. So Howard, shout out to you. You've been crushing it for years at University of Maryland. Go Terps. Still crushing it. We want to thank you for taking time out of your busy schedule to join us for season two and episode one of Manly Musings. We appreciate you, fellow WVU alum. We support you. You're the best out here. Thank you so much. If there's anything that you'd like to shout out or any uh any social media you want people to follow follow please uh go ahead and share now no i mean i appreciate you guys having me it was awesome catching up with you guys here a couple months ago at the backyard brawl and keep crushing it uh doing what y'all are doing as well uh it's been cool following this as well so keep chugging away and uh yeah man we'll keep we'll keep you you guys as well it was good catching oh, up you guys oh yeah for sure yeah so for those that are watching us on the youtube you can go ahead and watch us on youtube at our channel the manly musings podcast uh feel free to listen to us we are available on apple apple podcasts we are available on spotify we're available on google play and we are now apparently available on amazon so if you have amazon feel free to listen to us there we are uh, not on pandora go ahead go ahead Go ahead, go ahead. One more thing I've always wanted to say this. Like and subscribe. Can we say that too? Yes, yes please. Let's go. Like and subscribe <laughs> yes. to the channel. Andrew, if you can hear us, maybe you put up a little blurb, a little thing that says to like and subscribe, like how all those other pages do. Shout out to producer Andrew. If you want to follow Merritt on his. <laughs> yes, I know. He's going to kill us. Follow Merritt on his Instagram at Merritt underscore P. Follow me at KQuaver624. Follow the podcast Instagram at the Manly Musings Pod. And take care. See y'all next week.